All right, let's get our Bibles out, what we do every single week, and uh, open it up to the book of Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, you don't have a Bible, there's one in the rack in front of you, so we encourage everybody with an open Bible, open heart, open mind uh, to receive from God. Romans chapter 12, we're wrapping up our series called Enter and our series on worship. And just this couple weeks ago, I was listening to a couple, and they, God's using them in a powerful way to lead worship experiences all across the country. In fact, they write a lot of music, a lot of songs that we will sing uh, come from them. And they were just doing a podcast talking about worship. And, and the, the wife made a comment. She said, you know, I, I was having a particularly difficult week with our little kiddo, and it was a little, little bit exasperated. And we had to leave to go lead worship. And so she kind of said to herself, now I've got to take off my mommy hat and have to put on my worship hat so I can go lead in worship. And then immediately she said, God really convicted her that the worship hat should have never come off. That that was her problem. And you know, as I heard that, I thought, that's our problem, right? I mean, we come here and man, we enjoy a worship together and we have our worship hat squarely on and, and that's great, we're loving that. Or maybe you go to a Disciple Now weekend and you're fired up about Jesus or you go to a concert or something and, and you're really, we're worshiping God, but then you leave here and you take your worship hat on and you put on your work hat or your dad hat or your mom hat or your student hat and you go into the week and you don't worship God there. And listen, God's got better for us, right? God wants every day to be a day of worship. Every single day. Worship doesn't just happen here on Sundays. Uh, worship happens Monday uh, through Thursday, uh, and sad Friday and Saturday and so on. God wants every day to be a worship day. It's not just about cathedrals and church buildings. not just about music. Uh, it's not just about preaching. It's about our heart open before God. In fact, let me just go ahead and give you a little definition here of worship. Uh, I'm finally getting around in the last message to a definition of worship, uh, but hopefully it's kind of a summation of all that I've already said. Here, here's what worship is. At its core, worship is our response to who God is and what he has done for us. That's all it is. Worship is our response to who God is and what he has done for us, it's not only music, it's not just coming to church, it's our response. And if that's true, our response to who God is and what he's done for us, then, then we should worship every single day. Every day should be a day of worship, and we should always be worshipers. Our worship hat should never come off. So, so what does that look like exactly? That's what we're talking about today. The title of the message, Everyday Worship. That's what we're talking about, Everyday Worship. And that's why the Apostle Paul wrote uh, Romans chapter 12. You see, uh, Paul is writing to the Christians in Rome. He's talking to them in, in the basic fundamentals of the Christian faith. But he pivots in Romans 12. He's kind of been building his case here of who God is. And then he pivots to what should we do? How should we respond? And, and so that's why we're in Romans chapter 12. So let's just look at it together. And uh, I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to read it out loud with me today. Okay, the, the words are right up here on the screen, but loud enough for the person next to you to hear you. We're just, I'm just going to tackle two verses, all right? Just two verses, all right, today, but they're power-packed uh, verses for us. So let's just read it out loud uh, together. This is the word of God. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God 
to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. All right, now I want you to circle in your Bible uh, the words spiritual worship right there at the end of verse 1. Spiritual worship. Uh, the word worship there is liturgia, liturgia, which we get the word liturgy from. All right, uh, the word liturgia uh, means to serve God in an act of worship. In fact, the old King James Version says reasonable service. There, It literally means to serve God, but in the context of serving in worship as a priest would serve God by offering up a sacrifice. So more, most modern translations translate the word worship, liturgia, liturgy, worship. All right? Now the word before that word can be translated reasonable or logical. Uh, it is the word log, logikos, which we get the word logic from, and it means Practical, reasonable, the right thing to do uh, every day. And so here's the idea, that he's talking about reasonable, practical, ongoing worship. How do we have a worship every day when we're outside this building? How can we worship God every day? How can we turn our bedside into a cathedral? How can we turn our office chair into a, a holy place? How can we worship God every single day? And that's what he unpacks for us in these two short uh, verses. Uh, you know, a lot of people will say, you know what, I go to church, man, I just get filled up. Man, I just get filled up. You know, I, I go to church, I hear the worship, I hear the music, I hear, I hear the word of God, I just get filled up. And then like a battery, I kind of drain down throughout the week. And then, then I come plug in at church and I get filled up one more time. But really what God wants to do is fill you every single day. Every day to be full and overflowing in worship for God. So, so how does that happen? So I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts to write down. Here's the first thought I want you to write down. Uh, give yourself completely to God. Give yourself completely to God. Look at verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, uh, by the mercies of God. He starts off and he says, I appeal to you. Some, your version may say, I beseech you. That's old King James. I beseech you. Or I urge you. Look at what verse, your, your version says. Or I plead with you. Uh, or, or, or I beg you. That's, that's it now. That's where he's getting to the heart of it. I beg you to do something. Well, what is it, Paul, that you're begging us to do? He says, I beg you by the mercies of God. For the first 11 chapters, he's been unpacking the mercies of God. In fact, the word mercy is a theme in chapters 9, 10, and 11, and 12. Uh, the mercies of God, he's unpacking them. All the way through the first 11 chapters, he's been talking about the mercies of God, how we are dead in our sin, how Christ came and died on the cross for us, that we are justified, made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, that in, in him we are adopted as sons and daughters into his family, that he fills us with his Holy Spirit. Verse 8, chapter 8, that nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. All of that is the mercies of God. Would you agree with that? That's a great place for an amen. All this is the, the mercies of God. Amen. All right. You with me? Say amen. You with me? 
All right. So he's talking about the mercies of God. And he's just overflowing with that. And so now he's saying, I beg you to respond. I'm begging you to respond to that. I had a friend of mine that led a, a businessman to Christ. This guy was a CEO of a large uh, multi-million dollar company. And he had been hearing the gospel, hearing the gospel. And finally he went on a retreat. And on that retreat he prayed to receive Christ. It was a life-changing moment for him. So my friend decided to meet with him every week and just kind of disciple him along. So they decided to do a study of all the things that God has done for us. The minute we're saved, what does that mean for us? And what has God done for us? And so every week they would meet and they would go over all the things God has done. And they would just go verse after verse after verse, the mercies of God. Finally, after about week five, this businessman uh, got a little frustrated. He put his hand down on the table and he said, I can't take it anymore. And my friend said, well, what do you mean? He said, every week we get together and you tell me all that God has done for me, all the mercies of God for me, what on earth can I do for him? And see, that's the attitude. Paul is saying, look at all that this God has done for you. Look at all the mercy God's done. And and watch, I beg you, respond to God. Respond to what he has done. You say, well, how do I respond? What do I do? What does God want? One word, worship. He wants us to respond to who he is and what he has done for us. And and how does he want us to respond to him? Look at verse, back to verse 1. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual worship. You see that? So what he's saying is this. This is what God wants. He wants you to just say, Lord, I want to offer all that I am to you. Just as a, a, as a priest would offer up a dead sacrifice to God. Now, he doesn't want that. He wants living sacrifices. He wants you to offer up all that you are completely to him. Now, let me ask you something. Have you done that? Have you said, Lord, all that I am, Lord, all that I want, Lord, all that I've accomplished, all that I own, all that I hope to be, all of my recognitions and all of my accomplishments and achievements, Lord, all that I am, I just lay it out before you, God, and I submit myself completely to you, and I just want what you want, and I want to do what you want me to do, and I submit myself as a living sacrifice to you. That's what he's talking about. I thought about that this week because, you know, this is Super Bowl Sunday. You know that, right? Super Bowl, there's a football game that's, that's going to happen today. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the Patriots and the Eagles, all right? Now, I'm a Cowboy fan. It's hard for me to root for the Eagles, but I'm rooting for the Eagles today, all right? I'm rooting for the Eagles. And let me tell you why I'm rooting for the Eagles. Because there's a guy named Carson Wentz who is the quarterback for the Eagles. And Carson Wentz, uh, I think it was from South Dakota, North Dakota, Dakota, some of y'all probably know. And uh, he, he was recently drafted. I mean, he had a meteoric rise uh, as one of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, I mean, he put up some incredible numbers. He put up uh, 3,296 passing yards, 33 touchdowns, really led his team on the field to do something they had never accomplished uh, before, really. But more impressive was his work off the field on this team because what you may not know is that Carson is a very strong follower of Jesus. He loves Jesus with all of his heart and he is a a, a bold witness for Christ. In fact, he's led many of his teammates to faith in Christ. He's baptized many of them in a hotel uh, swimming pool. He's leading Bible studies. He's outspoken as a follower of Jesus. 
And so when Carson Wentz had a terrible thing happen to him at the end of the regular season, he tore his ACL. Anybody would have just been angry, right? Anybody would have been because they just were doing so well. And now all of a sudden he tore his ACL. He can't play anymore. He can't play in the playoffs, all this kind of thing. And he was so despondent. Anybody would have been angry at God, but, but not Carson. Carson uses as an opportunity to talk about his love for Jesus and his trust in God's plan. In fact, he tweeted out several different messages. He even sent out this little video. I want you to take a look at this. What's up, everybody? Um, obviously, it's been a rough, rough day for me um, personally. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know, I have a ton of faith in the in the Lord and and in His plan. But at the end of the day, it's still been a tough one. You know, and it will be tough on me for a little bit. But um, as I just kind of reflect tonight, uh, I just know I know the Lord's working through it. You know, I know Jesus has a plan through it. I know He's trying to grow me in something, teach me something, use me somehow, some way. Um, this will just be a great testimony um, as I go forward. You know, maybe not all of you out there are Christians or, or followers of Jesus, um, but I can say with 100% confidence as, as a follower of Jesus, um, I have the utmost confidence in his plan. His plan is perfect. Uh, you know, if life was, if we, if we got everything we wanted in life, it would be a disaster. You know, I know Jesus is, is up there looking down and, and he knows what he's doing. Um, so I'm just going to surrender that to him and, and trust him in that. But uh, I can promise to everybody, all my fans out there, um, in the Philly area, in the North Dakota area, um, you know, all across this country that um, this will not stop me going forward. I will come back stronger than ever. Um, this, I will use this as motivation um, and, and I will be attacking it, um, this whole process as I recover. Um, but at the end of the day, this year, we still have something special. You know, we just clinched the NFC East. Um, that was step one of, of our goals this season. And we're just, we're just continuing on from there. Um, and, you know, I will, be, I will be with the team along the way. I will be supporting them. I will be uh, I have the utmost confidence in Nick and the, the coaching staff and everybody else that they'll step up. You know, we've been plagued with injuries all year long, um, and it's just been the next man up mentality, and, and that's just going to continue. That's just going to continue. Nick's going to do an amazing job and, and lead this team now, and I'm going to be there to support and help in, in whatever way I can. But, uh, again, I just want to say thank you. Uh, you know, I tweeted out yesterday, thanks for all the thoughts and prayers, um, and I genuinely mean that. You know, the, the phone calls, the text messages, the emails, the tweets, um, everything from from everybody out there it just means the world to me it's so humbling to know how many people are praying for me and lifting me up uh and encouraging me uh, it means the world um and i just again i appreciate it um god bless all of you and i promise uh, this will not stop me and i will come back stronger than ever that's pretty impressive isn't it amen it, what's interesting is that he has a foundation called the a01 foundation you can google it and go on and look at it a01 stands for audience of one, and it's filled with scripture and sharing the gospel. And so here is a guy, get this, who at the height of, of his dream has a, an injury that could knock him out of that, and he's still pointing people to Jesus. He's still trusting God. He's still doing that. Listen, when you offer yourself to God and say, God, if you want me on the field, then I'll be on the field. If you want me on the sideline, I'll be on the sideline. My identity is not in football. My identity is in Christ. And wherever you want me, that's where I want to be. When you live your life like that, presenting yourself as a living sacrifice, then you're going to live as an audience of one. You're going to live unto God's praise, not anyone else's. 
And by the way, when you do that, then when somebody does ask you to serve the Lord, you're not going to be pushing back, right? You're not going to push back and say, well, well, I can't give anything or I can't serve or I'm a busy guy. I don't have time for that. No, no, you're going to because I've already given myself to God. <laughs> I've already yielded myself to him. Whatever he wants from me, that's what I want to do. That's living as offering myself as a living sacrifice. That's what the Apostle Paul said about the Macedonian churches, these poor churches that wanted to contribute to what Paul was doing. And Paul wrote this about them in 2 Corinthians 8, 5. He said, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God to us also. See, they gave themselves first to God, God, whatever you want, and then they gave themselves to the ministry. Let me ask you something. Have you done that? Have you fully given yourself to God? Now, a lot of times we'll say this, God, I want to give you all that I am except for this thing right over here. God, don't even look at this one, all right? Don't even hold, not my career, God, not, not, not my family, not my dating status, God, not whatever. I'm going to hold on to this, but God, I'll give you everything else. But just think about what God required of Abraham, right? Abraham had a son. And uh, God wanted to know, did he have all of Abraham's heart? And so he asked him for Isaac. Now, we know the end of that story, but here's the deal. Uh, do you have something you're holding back from God? To say, God, well, this is, this is for me. Lord, I, I can't yield this. But, but in the yielding is where we find ourselves being used by God. It's in the yielding of it. And God wants all of your heart, not, not double-minded, not half-hearted. God wants all of you. So... How do I worship God every day? I offer myself completely to God every day. Now, what does that look like exactly? Well, let me get real practical. What that looks like is you crawl out of your bed, and before you uh, start scrolling through your Facebook, all right, before you start looking at your Twitter feed, before you start uh, looking at your Snapchat or your Instagram, before you fire up your iPad or your desktop, before you let any media into your mind, you find a quiet place. And you sit before God and you say something like this, Lord, I love you and I acknowledge that you're the Lord over my life. And today I want to just offer all that I am to you, God. Lord, I want you to fill me and use me today. And Lord, if you want to take something from me today, I give it to you already. And Lord, if you want to put something in my hands, I receive it from you. But Lord, if you're looking for someone to use today, God, I want to be completely yours that's what it looks like to worship. See, it's not about music. It's about surrendering your heart to God. All right, here's another thing I want you to write down. Not only do you want to surrender yourself completely to God, but you want to allow God's word to renew your mind. Allow God's word to renew your mind. We're talking about everyday worship. Look at what he says in verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Now, let's look at the word conform, all right? Conform. That word means to act like something on the outside that you're really not on the inside. To try to act like something on the outside that you're really not on the inside. You're conforming uh, to someone else. You're like a chameleon. You're changing your colors to blend in. He said, don't do that. Uh, you know, we do this all the time. I remember when Liz and I were first married, we, one of the things we loved to do is go out to eat at a really nice restaurant. But we were broke, all right? We had like no money, which is a problem. So what we would do is we would save our little bit here and there. And we'd save sometimes four, six weeks to get up enough money to go out. And she would put on her nicest dress and I'd put on my nicest outfit and we would go out. Now we drove this little beat up 
Toyota. It was brown. It had a big dent in the back. It was puffed out smoke. I mean, it was awful, all right? It was terrible. And so we wanted to pull up to this nice restaurant in Dallas, but, but we, couldn't, we couldn't go through the valet like that, right? You just can't do it. So we would, we would park it way down the street, like about four or five blocks. And then we'd get out and then we'd walk up, you know, like, hey, man, you know, we live down here in some fancy apartment, you know, we're just walking. And then we'd walk in, we'd pull out a roll of cash and we'd, we'd pay for our meal. Everybody thought, man, they got the world by the tail. Then we'd go get in our Toyota, all right? Now, now we were in some way conforming, right? We weren't really who we really were. We were presenting ourselves to be something different. He said, hey, don't do that. Don't present yourself different just because the world wants you to. Don't conform to the pattern of this culture. Don't get one, one version says, don't, don't be squeezed into the mold of this world. And listen, by the way, we're living in a world, a time now, when more than ever, Christians are feeling the pressure to conform, right? Hey, you better conform to this idea. And if you don't, then, then something's going to happen to you or you're going to get fired or you're going you're to get ostracized. You're going to be made fun of. Uh, now more than ever, Christians are feeling the pressure uh, to conform. A recent uh, Washington Times article uh, said that 63% of Americans say Christians are facing growing levels of persecution. It went on to say uh, that growing intolerance for Christians has, quote, dramatically increased, end quote, in the United States. And you probably feel that at work. You probably feel that at school. You feel the pressure to conform. Paul said, hey, hey, don't, don't start acting like somebody you're not. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. But he said, rather, be transformed. And I want you to circle that word, transformed there. That word transformed, get this, is the same word, comes from the word metamorphosis, same word as the word transfigured that's used of Jesus. Some of you know the story. Jesus went up on a mountain. He took Peter, James, and John. It's kind of inner circle with him. And there as he began to pray, he was transfigured before them. All of a sudden, his hair turned white and brilliant, and his eyes like fire. His clothes began to gleam and become radiant, and it was almost as if the humanity that had covered his uh, glory was peeled back for a moment, and he's just his glory shone through. He 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 displayed and revealed his eternal glory in that one brief moment. Who he really was. See. And that's the same word here. He said, don't cover up who you are. Let your life shine for Christ. Don't, don't, don't cover up your love for God. Be a light. Be transformed. Be re revealed uh, of who you really are uh, in Jesus. Listen, God doesn't want you to cover yourself. He doesn't want you to conform. He wants you to be like a bright light in a dark world. That's what he needs today. In fact, that's what Paul said in Philippians 2.15. He said, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse uh, people. You say, well, how do I do that? How do I shine like that? Well, he continues by this. He said, don't conform, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Now, now jot this down. Your mind is renewed by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God. 
Your mind is renewed by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God. So here you are. You're in God's Word, and you're allowing God's Word to saturate your mind and your heart every single day. And you're asking God to fill you with His Spirit. And listen, when you do that, all of a sudden you are going to look different. You're, you're going to talk different. You're going to act different. Your countenance is going to be different. People are going to say, man, that guy, he's just a little different. You know, when you look at Carson Wentz, you go, he's a little different. There's something about him. How could he act that way when he has such an injury at this moment? He could be playing in the game today, but he's not, and yet he's glorifying God. That's not normal. Yeah, it is if you're a Christian. That's normal. That's the normal Christian life. Because a long time ago, he surrendered himself to God completely. And he's saturating his mind and his heart with the Spirit of God and the Word of God. So what does that look like? All right, here you are in the morning. You rolled out of bed. Stagger to your chair. Stagger to your, to your uh, couch. You turn on your light. You open up God's Word. And you say, Lord, I really want to hear your voice today. Lord, speak to me. And you began to read God's Word. You write down a few notes of things that he said to you that morning. You start praying those things back as your personal prayer to him. Lord, make this true in my life. Lord, saturate my heart with your word. Fill me with your spirit today, God. And then you say, Lord, I give all that I am to you. I lay myself as an offering to you, God. Use me for your purpose. Whatever you have for me, I receive it gladly. You know what that is? That's worship. That's everyday worship. But there's one more thing that I want to show you. Look at it. Uh, give yourself completely to God. Allow God's word to renew your mind. Here's another thing. Seek God's will above your own. Seek God's will above your own. Look at the end of verse 2. He said, uh, asking God to renew your mind, then he says that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. You know, God's got a will for you. He's got a purpose for you. You're not here by accident. God's got you here for a reason. In, in Ephesians 2.10, it says, uh, you are a mattress, masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he determined in advance for you to do. You get that? God's already got something for you to do on Tuesday afternoon. He's going to bring a client into your office for you to have an encounter on Wednesday morning. He's got something for you to do on Friday for you to be at the right place at the right time for to speak life into someone. God's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. He's going ahead of you. Uh, Jeremiah 29 says, I know the plans I have for you. And a lot of times we think, God, just show me the plan, right? Just drop the, the volume out of the sky and say, okay, on, on the 6th of February, go here. But God doesn't work that way. You know what he does? He reveals his plan as you walk with him. That's how he does it. He reveals his plan as you walk with him. And so he says, listen, I, I want you to, to surrender your will to my will. And, and I love what it says here, just, just this play on words here. He says, by testing you may discern. See that? By, test, by testing you may discern. That's five words in English, only one word in the Greek. The one word in the Greek is dokimatso, which means to test something to see if it's real. It was used of a coin smith. You know how they would bite the coin to see if it's real? I'm not sure what the biting thing is all about. Maybe soft med or something, I don't know. But they would test it to see, is this a real coin? It's testing it to see if it's legit. He said, that's the same word he uses here. He said, listen, here's the point. If you offer yourself to me every day and worship me, 
If you allow my word to flow through your heart and your mind and renew you every day. If you ask me to fill you with my spirit every day. He says, then you will be able to discern, to test. Is this from God or is this from God? Should I take that job? Should I step away from that initiative? Should I have that conversation? Should I do that thing? Should I start that relationship? Should I ask them that question? Should I deal with this problem? You're going to be able to test it and know if it's from God because your heart has already been open to God's voice. That's how you do it. That's how you test it. And then when you begin to live out God's will, that's worship. You're living out his good, pleasing, perfect will at that moment in time. That's called worship. You see, worship isn't, folks, about the music. It's not about the church building. It's not about the songs you have on your iPad or your cell phone. Worship is about the heart. It's about your heart surrendered to God completely. Your heart saturated with his word and with his truth. And your heart willing to do what God wants you to do. That's everyday worship.